So again, thanks for coming. We're doing our CCU on the new Inflation Reduction Act slide deck for volunteers tonight. So this is going to be kind of a meta presentation where I'm giving a presentation to show you guys how to give a presentation using these slides uh, on our Inflation Reduction Act. This is our, uh, our cover slide, the uh, title slide for our new Inflation Reduction Act slide deck. And actually, let me go back one slide. Uh, you can see at the bottom of this slide, the link to the URL to where you can get these slides. Uh, you go to cclusa.org slash customizable dash IRA dash slides. And from there, you can download the PowerPoints of these slides that I'm going to be going through tonight and giving you guys kind of a tutorial on how to use in your own presentations. So. Yeah, this is the title uh, slide, the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to be focusing on the benefits of the bill and its contents for the climate, for people, and for different kinds of communities so that you can kind of customize it to whatever audience you are going to be speaking to, whatever kind of community, whether it be rural or urban or suburban or whatever it may be, whatever the audience may be. We're trying to cover all our bases in communicating the different benefits to different types of people of this uh, Inflation Reduction Act. A little housekeeping. Uh, so we've got all the uh, lines muted. Um, but nevertheless, feel free to keep introducing yourselves in the chat and where you're from. Uh, the meeting is being recorded. It will be available within a few days on CCL Community. If you're having any problems with Zoom, I'm going to put in the chat the Zoom Help Center where you can go if you're having any problems. So I am your host and presenter tonight. I'm Dana Nugitelli, research coordinator for CCL for the past almost year. Um, my background is in physics and astrophysics. I'm also an environmental scientist and a climate journalist uh, for Skeptical Science, The Guardian, and now Yale Climate Connections. Uh, I've actually got a coincidentally an article on Yale Climate Connections today on a new study about the social cost of carbon, which is very interesting and relevant to CCL and our focus on carbon pricing. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out at yaleclimateconnections.org. And I published some peer-reviewed climate papers and a book called Climatology versus Pseudoscience. So three main things I want you guys to take home tonight. Uh, first is that we have this Inflation Reduction Act slide deck that we want as many people to use in their own local presentations as possible. So in going through that slide deck, we're going to learn about the bill's benefits for different types of groups and communities and individuals. And we're going to learn how to use the slide deck to convey those benefits to different kinds of audiences. So um, most of the rest of the slides we're going to see are directly from the slide deck that we've created for you guys. And I'm going to be doing a lot of reading off of the speaker notes because we tried to keep the slides themselves pretty short without too much information and put a lot of information into the speaker notes. But you are welcome and encouraged to customize the, both the presentation, the, the slides, and the speaker notes. Uh, as you see fit, as works best for you, because some people like to read off the speaker notes, some people don't, they just like to wing it. Uh, I actually personally just usually wing it myself and don't use speaker notes, so this is a little different for me using speaker notes tonight. Um, and you can also shorten the speaker notes if you want to use, you know, convey less information, less detail. Uh, you're going to want to customize 
the deck and the presentation because every different event, every every event is different because you're speaking you know, to different types of audiences. You have different time constraints depending on how much time uh, you have for each event. Uh, you know, maybe you're speaking to uh, an audience that's more interested in uh, the rural impacts of the bill. Maybe it's an audience that's more interested in the urban impacts. So you want to customize it however works best for you. So this is just kind of a template for you guys to use and run with. Um, so I didn't actually talk about that slide. So uh, the three main points we want our audiences to learn about are the benefits of the, of the bill for the climate and in terms of emissions cuts, its benefits for people's health and potentially improving their homes and the bill's investments in different types of communities, as I mentioned. Uh, so this is our next slide, just kind of gets the main point across that the bill is a big step forward in the fight against climate change. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act will help reduce America's carbon emissions 40% by 2030, uh, which means that it'll get us close to, but not all the way to our Paris commitment of 50% cuts below 2005 levels by 2030. That was sent by the Biden administration. So it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and a big improvement over where we were, but it doesn't get us all the way to our goals. So to convey that point, I created this chart, which is gonna be shown in three different parts on three different slides. This is the first one. Uh, so here you can see America's greenhouse gas emissions between 2005 and 2021. As you can see, our emissions have been declining as dirty coal power has been replaced by cleaner energy sources and the emissions have been slowly going down. Uh, but it's not happening fast enough to meet our Paris commitments. Uh, as you can see on this next slide, this is from energy modeling uh, done by groups from Princeton, Rhodium, and Energy Innovation, uh, who project that before the uh, Inflation Reduction Act was passed, uh, the US was on track to cut our emissions by about 27% below 2005 levels by 2030. Uh, which means we would have fallen nearly halfway short of our 50% by 2030 Paris commitments, uh, which is what you can see in the red on the slide in the business as usual uh, modeling. So this is the third one showing what the Inflation Reduction Act would help us achieve. Uh, so again, this is modeling by those three groups plus the U.S. Department of Energy which all indicate that the bill will help the U.S. reduce our greenhouse gas emissions to about 40% below 2005 levels by 2030, which brings us within striking distance of our 50% Paris commitment, even though it doesn't get us all the way there, at least gets us much closer, closes more than half of the remaining gap. So how does the bill accomplish these cuts? There are six main categories of climate pollution cuts achieved by the Inflation Reduction Act. So it's got tax credits for clean energy sources like wind and solar, uh, which will almost double America's share of low carbon electricity in the next decade or so. It's also got a fee on methane pollution, which in combination with EPA methane regulations will curb emissions, uh, methane emissions from the oil and gas industry by about 70% by 2030. So very important. Uh, we got a price on methane and it's going to help make a big difference in our uh, methane emissions from oil and gas. Uh, it's also got tax incentives for new and used EVs to accelerate the transition away from gas-powered cars, trucks, and buses toward clean electric alternatives. Uh, it's got rebates and tax credits to assist homeowners in electrifying and making their homes more energy efficient. 
Uh, also funding for natural climate solutions like forest agriculture, which is an area that CCL is of course expanding into. So we're very interested in those provisions of the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's also got investments in clean technology innovation and manufacturing in the US of clean technologies. So that's all great, but the Inflation Reduction Act doesn't solve the problem entirely. Uh, so we still need additional policies that'll move us to clean energy faster and drive emissions reductions faster than this bill does, uh, which we at CCL are working on. And I will talk about that more in a bit. So an important question is how did we finally succeed on climate policy? This is a big success. Uh, so the Inflation Reduction Act was the culmination of decades of work by climate advocates. You may be familiar with the Waxman-Markey Climate Bill that came tantalizingly close to passage in 2009, passing in the House, but dying a quiet death in the Senate. Uh, President Bill Clinton also tried to advance a, a dirty energy tax in the 1990s to no avail. So this time we finally succeeded by learning from the mistakes of the past. So one really important uh, aspect is that we had grassroots climate groups like CCL uh, who all got behind the bill or mostly got behind the bill, engaging in strong advocacy and lobbying. So that made a really big difference this time around. That's something we didn't have in previous uh, climate bill efforts. Uh, we also had support from a variety of businesses and industries and actually even the fossil fuel industry didn't oppose the Inflation Reduction Act. So that was really helpful. Uh, public concern about climate change has also grown uh, as impacts have become increasingly visible and, and impactful. And so people were demanding action. So people's voices were very important. And clean technologies like solar panels, wind turbines, and electric cars have also become increasingly affordable, which increases their popularity, which then makes it easier to get this sort of legislation passed. So our work to pass the bill was very important. Uh, CCL activated our volunteers to lobby for passage of the Inflation Reduction Act, and they really responded in force. So our volunteers in the uh, year that led up to the Inflation Reduction Act, and it was about a year in the making, uh, CCL volunteers had 920 meetings with congressional offices. Uh, they generated over 225,000 contacts to Congress including over 50,000 phone calls. And in the final two weeks alone, leading up to the bill's passage, we had 10,000 contacts of congressional offices by CCL volunteers. So it was a really great push there at the end. Uh, we also published over 2,000 letters to the editor and 676 op-eds in that year when we were doing this big push to get the bill passed. So a lot of good work by CCL volunteers to help the success of this bill. So let's move on to all the good stuff that the Inflation Reduction Act does. Uh, to start, we like to point out that the IRA is good for people. Uh, it will benefit Americans in many different ways by accelerating the transition away from dirty fossil fuels toward clean energy. The bill will significantly reduce air pollution. Uh, based on analysis by climate and health expert Bruce Schindel at Duke University, the pollution reductions from the bill will avoid 180,000 premature American deaths over the next eight years which is a super, super important and very worthwhile uh, accomplishments. Uh, the transition to clean energy will also protect against future inflationary pressures that are often caused by spikes in fossil fuel prices, uh, which economists call fossilflation, because it's inflation caused by spikes in fossil fuel prices. By helping more Americans afford EVs, the bill will also reduce annual fuel costs 
by over $500 because EVs are so efficient and electricity is cheap. And so it's much cheaper to fuel an electric car than it is to fuel a gas powered car. By accelerating the deployment of clean, cheap electricity, energy model, modelers also project that the Inflation Reduction Act will save the average household about $200 per year, uh, thanks to lower electricity costs, even uh, before accounting for households taking energy, or actually taking action to go green with clean technologies. But the bill also helps with that, uh, helping reduce household energy costs even further by providing rebates and tax credits for home electrification and efficiency improvements. So there's a whole bunch of different ways that the bill helps households and people uh, by reducing pollution and saving the money on electricity costs and fuel costs and making their homes more efficient and electrified. Uh, so one good way to see the household uh, potential benefits is to go to the Rewiring America Savings Calculator. Uh, you can see the URL at the top of the slide here. Uh, we've created a short URL, uh, cclusa.org slash ira-calc. Um, so the home electrification and efficiency rebates in the bill include uh, heat pumps for heating and air conditioning, for water heaters, and for clothes dryers. We love our heat pumps. Uh, it's got electric stoves, electric cars, home weatherization like improved insulation windows, uh, rooftop solar and battery storage, and wiring and breaker box upgrades. So again, if you go to that uh, Rewiring America Savings Calculator, you can plug in a little bit of information about uh, your household and where you live, and it'll tell you which of these different tax credits and rebates you qualify for. Uh, and one provision in the bill will cover 100% of those costs uh, uh, for those upgrades up to $14,000 for low-income homeowners, uh, which is defined as those making less than 80% of the median local household income, which is why this calculator is really useful. You put in like your zip code and it'll tell you, uh, and your income, and it'll tell you which, you know, what, what, which ones you qualify for in terms of low-income or middle-income or, or not. Uh, it also covers, the bill also covers 50% of the cost for middle-income households, who are those making 80 to 150% of the medium local income. So I definitely recommend checking out the Rewiring America Savings Calculator as a super, super useful tool for both checking out your own potential benefits and communicating to other people which of these different tax credits and rebates they qualify for and like when they take effect and uh, all different kinds of great information on that calculator. Uh, uh, for the U.S. economy as a whole, there are lots of different benefits from the Inflation Reduction Act. It will dramatically change America's economy over the next decade for the better. So today we get about 40% of electricity from clean sources like wind, solar, nuclear, and hydroelectricity. Uh, that's expected to roughly double to as high as 85% in 2030, thanks largely to the provisions in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, most of that increase is going to come from wind and solar farms, which are expected to approximately triple from today's levels over the next eight years. So we're going to see a big boom in wind and solar thanks to the tax credits in this bill. And then a big chunk of new car and truck sales are also expected to be electric in 2030. Uh, some estimates say it could be more than half, uh, up from about 5% of new car sales in the U.S. today being EVs. So we're going to see a big jump in the proportion of new car sales that are EVs over the next uh, decade. And by promoting domestic manufacturing and supply chains and innovation, uh, the investments from the bill are projected to create about a million new jobs in clean energy and manufacturing and building electrification and efficiency upgrades over the next uh, decade too. 
Uh, this will protect us from supply chain disruptions and reduce dependence on countries with environmental issues and human rights abuses and dictators. Uh, the more stuff we can manufacture and build and rely on from the United States, the better because we've got very good environmental and, uh, and uh, human rights laws. And then there are also some really important investments in disadvantaged communities specifically. Uh, those are the communities that face major health and environmental challenges due to pollution and climate change. And so those communities are going to get money for community-led environmental justice projects to improve transportation access equity, to reduce pollution at transportation hubs, including ports, railways, airports, and also near schools, and for grants to improve the energy efficiency of affordable housing. Uh, this includes funding from the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, which is also known as the Green Bank, to finance emissions reductions in disadvantaged communities. Over 20,000 jobs are going to be created in disadvantaged communities to support these programs. So there's a lot of important benefits there. And then uh, specifically in cities uh, who need to retrofit buildings and electrify public transit on a mass scale, they will get money for EV and public transit charging infrastructure from the bipartisan infrastructure bill, and they'll get tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, tax credits for businesses to improve their building energy efficiency also got bigger, and now schools, churches, and governments can allocate the tax deductions uh, to the designers of building energy efficiency improvements so they can take advantage of those tax credits too. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act also includes grants uh, for cities to get their electric garbage, to get electric garbage trucks and buses to reduce local air pollution and to grow urban forests, which will lower temperatures and protect residents from dangerous extreme heat. So very important, both uh, mitigation in reducing emissions and adaptation, growing trees to cool uh, areas to uh, address our rising heats that again, in California are experiencing very intensely right now. And uh, for rural communities, there's a lot of good investments as well. Uh, so rural communities uh, see the land in and around their communities being ravaged by the impacts of climate change. They will get money to lessen the impacts of extreme wildfires and droughts. This includes a combined $7 billion between the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill and the Inflation Reduction Act for wildfire prevention, and also $4 billion in drought funding to compensate farmers who reduce their water use and for rural communities to mitigate environmental effects of shrinking inland water bodies, thanks to worsening droughts, especially in the Western United States. Our rural electric cooperatives, which serve 42 million Americans, will now be eligible for direct pay clean energy tax credits and a $9.7 billion grant loan program to purchase or build new clean energy systems. Uh, most new clean electricity product projects are built in rural areas uh, where the land prices are affordable which is projected to generate hundreds of billions of dollars in value and tens of thousands of jobs in rural communities over the next decade. So really any climate policy that results in a build out of clean electricity, it really benefits rural communities because that's kind of where there's available open land and cheap land. And so like when you're gonna build a big wind farm or solar farm, you buy that available cheap land. And so that tends to go in rural communities. And so they tend to get those investments and jobs and leasing money and things like that. And then we would like to look at the way the bill is going to help farmers and ranchers and foresters as well. 
so those the folks hold keys to import climate solutions, but can't necessarily afford to pay for those climate uh, investments out of pocket. So they'll benefit from the Inflation Reduction Act's uh, different grants. So the bill directs over $20 billion to popular conservation programs like the Environmental Quality Incentives Program that can be used for climate smart agriculture and forestry projects. It also provides $2 billion for rural clean energy via the Rural Energy for America program. And on top of that, $450 million goes to the Landscape Scale Restoration Program, which helps private landowners adopt climate smart forestry practices. And the bill includes $700 million for preserving forests on private lands via the Forest Legacy Program. Uh, the reduced air pollution resulting from the transition to clean energy will also increase American farmers' crop yields to the tune of about $400 million per year because fossil fuel ozone pollution reduces crop yields. So if you can burn less fossil fuels, uh, release less ozone pollution, that increases farmers' crop yields and they benefit economically as a result. So that was kind of all the good stuff in the bill. Um, so then we like, to, since we've been kind of like highlighting, this is all the great stuff. We also want to make sure that people recognize like while this bill does a lot of good, there's still a lot that we still need to do. So like we can't give up at this point, there's still more we need to accomplish. So uh, the Inflation Reduction Act includes a lot of funding for programs that state and local governments will need to implement. We need to make sure we take advantage of those programs and push forward on climate. And while the Inflation Reduction Act and other climate legislation passed in 2021 and 2022 make a lot of progress, they still leave us shy of our Paris commitment to cut U.S. carbon pollution 50% below 2005 levels by 2030. We need to close the rest of the gap and then keep working towards reaching net zero emissions by 2050. We can do that by lobbying for a carbon fee and dividends, more electrification and efficiency policies, and natural climate solutions like forests. And so one great way to do that is to join Citizens Climate Lobby and help us achieve those goals. And uh, I just want to note, since we're talking about a carbon fee and dividend here, uh, that's kind of uh, been less, it's gotten less focus in recent months as we've been focusing on getting the Inflation Reduction Act passed. Uh, but my fellow research coordinator, John Jonathan Marshall, has a good post on the CCL blog today about uh, basically talking about why we still need a carbon price. Uh, so I would definitely recommend everybody check that out. It's on the blog, cclusa.org slash blog. Let me put that in the chat. And go over there, check it out. Read Jonathan's really good post on this topic because we definitely don't want to lose sight of our primary focus of getting a price on carbon passed. So to summarize, the Inflation Reduction Act is good for people. It's good for the economy. It's good for your community regardless of what kind of community you live in. It's good for all kinds of communities, good for the planets, and there's plenty more good left to do. So again, we like, like to end by encouraging people to join us at CCL to continue working on this stuff. So depending on the parameters of the event you're speaking at, you may also want to add some slides at this point about CCL and or carbon pricing. Uh, so in the speaker's notes, if you download these slides, uh, in the speaker's notes, we got some links to a couple of uh, example slide decks where you could potentially pull some slides about CCL and or carbon pricing. Uh, but again, it's going to depend on the parameters of your talk, how much time you have, what the audience is, and so on and so forth. Um, so bear that in mind. But again, uh, we're hoping that you guys will tailor this slide deck to the parameters of whatever the specific event is that you're doing and make it work for you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.